Welcome to the Lifeletics Podcast, a brand dedicated to the growth of athletes as they transition to life after sports. My name is Megan Ruder, former D1 swimmer at Florida Atlantic University. My goal here is to make all athletes feel empowered to take on the sport of life. Welcome, Pablo. It's so nice to have you on here. I'm excited to hear your story and your background. I know you moved from Malga, Spain. You moved to Texas, the middle of Texas, to play at UMHB, and you played professional for five years. So you got to travel a little bit around the U.S. and into Canada, and now you work doing medical sales with RevMed. So it's awesome to have you on here, and thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to run through a little bit of your your background coming from Spain. I know you left your whole family behind, right? Yeah. All my family's back in Spain. And uh, I came here in 2010 to from Malaga, Spain to Belton, Texas. Okay. Small town. Uh, so that was a big adjustment. I mean... I love Texas, made, made great, great friends, love the state. I have friends that are like family now, but coming from Europe to small town Texas was def- definitely a bit of a culture shock. For sure. <laughs> I think that would be a culture shock, even from me coming to South, from South Florida to Texas. <laughs> uh, there's not many places like small town Texas. So what made you choose that specific college? I played golf from three to 12 years old. And then uh, I stopped playing for five years. I skateboarded. I played a little tennis. I played soccer. And uh, I didn't pick golf back up till I was 17. So I uh, I didn't really have many options since I had only been playing for a year before uh, I started talking to colleges. So okay. I applied to like Texas A&M and all these big schools without really knowing that I wasn't even close. So went to a recruiting trip in uh, Miami, met a few coaches. I did have a few D1 offers, but uh, they were up north and uh, ended up going with UMHB since it was further south. Figured the weather would be nice. I like the coach. So that's how I ended up there. Nice. And so you took five years off. Was it just golf wasn't your thing? What, What was going through your mind when you took those? that time off um, I mean I was 12 I, I had played golf all my life and I like playing a lot of sports so skateboarding seemed, seemed pretty cool so I skateboarded a bit there you go play the flute play the guitar played soccer played tennis just switching it up Nothing. nice so you're pretty well rounded you've got a lot of little buckets that you could pull from <laughs> yeah I tried to try to be yeah. well rounded Cool. Now, from Spain, what was the the biggest culture shock that you dealt with? I know, obviously, in small town Texas, you don't have all the people. um, But as far as like the food and the way of life, what was the biggest difference? Up until I was 18, I lived with my parents all my life. So religion and food was very different. Not having my family was very different. Uh, I didn't have a car for a couple of years. Just everyday life, weekend life. not yeah. being able to drink under 21, uh, that was a big difference. Yeah. On the swim team, we had a girl that came from Germany and she was, she was so funny. 
And her biggest thing was like, your bread sucks. It's not real. And why can't I drink? I can do everything else, but why can't I drink alcohol? Um, right. Yeah. Not that so, I was an alcoholic, but it's definitely a culture change. Yeah. Well, you almost have more people doing it like under the table, right? Like it's more of a secretive thing. It's not like it stops you from yep. doing it. It's just right, right. makes you have to be creative. Now, in order to achieve the dream, your main goal was to go PGA. Where did this dream come from? If you took five years off. You know, I took from 12 to 17, I didn't play golf. And then uh, on a family trip to Portugal, uh, I didn't really want to play golf, but someone dropped out from the foursome and my dad invited me to play. I had so much fun and it brought me back to my earlier years of playing golf. And uh, from that point on, uh, I was just obsessed with golf again. So practice every day, uh, woke up early to practice. And it was my mission to go to the U.S. to play college golf and get a degree because uh, in Europe, we don't really have uh, college sports. You go to school to get a career, but we don't have an NCAA program. So if you're a golfer, if you're a swimmer, if you're a tennis player, pretty much any sport that you have in the U.S., and you want to play it and study, you can have to go to the U.S. So that's why I ended up deciding to go to the U.S. Yeah. With the goal of getting a degree, playing golf, and then making it on the PGA Tour, which is any golfer's dream ultimate goal right yep like the olympics for swimmers it's like the pros for any other sport right how was your family when they came when you came to them and said hey i'm gonna move to a different country for this dream of pga well, how, did you feel their support or were they apprehensive what was their reaction no they They've always been supportive of uh, me and shockingly, I mean, my family loves me and I love them. We're very close. We talk pretty much every day, but my family doesn't mind me being in the U.S. They always supported me. Uh, it is a six, uh, six hour time difference and uh, they, they can't see me every weekend or every month. We're here twice a year and we're happy. Nice. Now, Talk a little bit about your job and what got you into medical sales after you were done with professional golf. Yeah, so uh, I tried to have played professional golf for five years. Um, I played some mini tours, mainly around southeastern U.S., some in the north. I played PGA Tour Canada some for a couple years. Had some, some success, just... Uh, never made it through qualifying school to the PGA Tour. Uh, in 2019, my wife was pregnant, and I just missed Q School. Q School is it's a very expensive event. It's around $10,000, and it's just once a year. And if you go all the way through, you make it to the Corn Ferry Tour, which is right under, right under the PGA Tour. So I had tried for four years. Uh, my wife was pregnant. I had just missed it. And I was thinking about maybe giving off a break and getting a regular job. Uh, one day I was with Luke, who's the co-owner of RevMed. I had met him through working at a golf course part-time. And I mentioned to him that maybe it was time to switch it up. 
find a regular job and he decided to give me a shot at RevMed doing uh, medical sales. Wow. So, okay, you met somebody who was pretty high up at, at the company and they gave you a shot. What was going through your mind when it came down to leaving golf? Yeah, my life dedicated to golf. Uh, moved away from my family from Spain to come to the U.S. and invested five years of my life professionally. Spent a lot of money, a lot of travel, a lot of sacrifice and effort. And uh, it was a little daunting thinking about leaving golf, something I dedicated so much time to. But, I mean, golf wasn't paying the bills. Right. I I was thinking, and I was tired of, of... I wanted to do something on my own. I had the support from my parents financially and other sponsors. And I'm very grateful for that. And I appreciated that, but I wanted to do something on my own. So I saw this as an opportunity to carve my own path. Absolutely. How long have you been with Revred now? Two and a half years. Okay. So not too long, but you're getting the groove of it. How was starting up that like whole real world professional life? Yeah, I, I didn't really have much work experience other than being a cart guy a couple times a month, part time. So a little intimidating. I mean, don't really know what a fax is. I've never really written a professional email, carried out a professional conversation in a work setting other than on a golf course. So I definitely felt like a bit of an underdog, but what golf taught me, taught me in college and professional golf is, you know, you just have to grind, put your best foot forward, keep working. And uh, that's what I did at RevMed doing medical sales and it worked out great. Um, sales is very similar uh, to sports. I mean, it's high risk, it's fast paced. So I definitely drew on uh my golf experience to help me out with my sales job. For sure. I went my into mate. sales right out of college as well. And it was very similar, right? I think that athletes have that competitive nature and it's easy to translate that into sales and, you know, striving for that next one, you know, taking the nose and going on, you know, keeping that motivation and that drive towards the next sale and keeping your goals high. So that's cool. What did you dislike the most about going into that professional space? What was the hardest part? I mean, I'm a pretty sociable person, but uh, I had never been in a sales role. So I really didn't dislike anything, but I was extremely nervous to go out there and sell with I only it was a small company just four five now we're up to 30 but at a time four or five employees we didn't really have a structured sales training or training on the products we use so I only did six days shadowing with some of my coworkers, and then it was me on my own selling in uh, Douglas Georgia that was my, my first day by myself Wow. So <laughs> it was a, it was nerve wracking. I remember one of my first cold calls 
I went to PCR test and I could, I could barely talk. I could barely hand over the paperwork to the front desk lady. I was shaking so much. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little, definitely intimidating, but just like in sports, I mean, it's everyone that has played sports, whether college or professional, you'd be in those pressure packed situations where you can barely, barely move, but you just have to embrace it and keep going with it. And that definitely helped me in my sales role. Yeah. I've always heard that, you know, the saying that pressure is a privilege. And I think that it's so cool that we as athletes got a chance to experience pressure at such a young age. And, you know, I hope, I don't know if you're, are your kids in sports right now? Or are they old enough for sports? I have a, Mary's two months. Yeah, she has the sports. And then Ben is two years and four months. So he's not in any class right now. We're about to sign him up swimming. And then he whacks the ball around, but he's not in any classes yet. Yeah. Gotcha. So hopefully in the future, I'm sure they will absolutely get into sports. Um, I think it's so important for kids, you know, to to get into some form of sport type of platform that they have to perform. What do you think as, uh, are you going to try to get them into golf? Yeah, definitely golf. I mean, I played everything growing up, so unless they don't like it, which Ben seems to like sports, we okay. wipe the ball around in the afternoons, t-ball, or he has a ten little tennis racket, a rational down tennis racket, actually. There we go. <laughs> so sports and sales, a lot of uh, sales company, medical sales, look for athletes because they know they've been in those pressure pack situations. For sure. I agree. Now, I, I think, a, I think a lot of athletes do transition that into sales. Um, it was just, it, there was no specific reason as to why you went into medical versus anything else, right? It was just knowing that person and kind of just jumped in. Jumped yeah, in. Knowing that person. Um, he, he was a member of the golf course I worked at, which speaks uh, to the importance of networking and doing the right thing, no matter where you're at. I had a car guy job, nothing too fancy, nothing too special, but, uh, it helped me, Luke co-owner at RevMed, who thought highly of me and gave me a shot with no work experience. That's awesome. The other, the other co-owner, Scott Rebels. <laughs> Thought I did a terrible job during the interview. I, I mean, I had never interviewed for a job. I dressed nice. My wife helped me put my resume together. I didn't even have one. And uh, they gave me a shot. But yeah, I didn't didn't really have much experience doing an interview. And it wasn't my strong suit, but made it through. <laughs> did you just wing it through the interview or did you do any preparation? No, I definitely prepared, uh, but... In situations where I'm not familiar with, I just, it, it's not my strong suit. Yeah. But I got the job and uh, once I got it, I took the opportunity and worked really hard. I, it was easy to work hard because I had been doing that for so long with golf. So now that I didn't have golf, that's what I did in my medical sales job. So it was a good, easy transition. Right. Now, transitioning into COVID, I mean, it looks, it seems like you, you got out of golf kind of around where COVID happened and 
what did COVID have an effect on you and your family and golf? Did it, I mean, there's no tournaments happening. So what was the effect there? So 80% of the sales we do are PCR sales. So I definitely got a little lucky with the COVID. It definitely right. helped our sales. It, it helped us get, get into a lot of clinics that we probably wouldn't have been able to before. And uh, about two or three months into COVID, um, the PGA Tour canceled the events. PGA Tour and all the feeder tours that PGA Tour Latin America, the Corn Ferry, and PGA Tour Canada. And being a golfer, I knew a lot of golfers. Luke, the owner of Redmond, knew a lot of golfers. So the company decided to hire nine golfers that were out of a job during COVID. So we so knew. You get to work with a lot of golfers now. I did. I did. <laughs> well, some of them went back to golf after COVID. Like Jared Wolf, he's on the PGA Tour now this year. And some of them. Only one remained with us after most of them went back to golf. But during COVID, we knew all these golfers didn't have a job, didn't have tournaments to play. We knew they were golfers. They were used to traveling. With, with Redmond, you have to do a lot of traveling and medical sales. We knew they had the work ethic, so it was perfect opportunity to bring them along. And they, they got a, some basic training, and they went on the field and got a lot of sales for us. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good for them too, to just get that preliminary work experience, even if they go back to their sport, you know, at least now for the future when, because it's not an if, it's when your sport does come to an end, um, they'll have that a little bit of experience to go back on, which is good. And a, a lot of athletes, you know, they, they don't have that time to to get the work experience. So it's kind of tough. Now, as far as like your identity, I mean, what fulfills you now? I know before it was golf that like fully was fulfilling you. What is it now that you feel completely fulfilled by? Yeah, I, I for a long time, I definitely thought that coming to the U.S. and making all those sacrifices away from my family, it was either golf or a bust. I saw golf being on the PGA Tour as great income and the possibility of uh, going to Spain often and traveling. But now that I'm not on the PGA Tour and have a regular job, I'm, I am very fulfilled. I realized the PGA Tour was not the only path for me. I have a good job and I am able to travel to Spain and spend spend more time with my family than I would have if I was on the PGA tour. So mm -hmm. I'm happy. There's life after golf, right after sports. And yes. now I, I have a job, I have family and I still get to play golf for fun. I'm signed up for amateur events. I play with my friends. So life is good. There you go. It's best of both worlds. Yep. Awesome. Now, What's your three action items for, you know, seniors that are going into the workforce right now to hopefully make this transition a little bit better? Three action items. I would say ask questions. Um, I really was clueless uh, since I didn't have much work experience and I didn't really, my mom is a doctor, but I didn't have any medical experience myself. 
So just keep asking questions. Everyone knew me in the company as the guy that does not stop asking questions. And that's, that's the only way to move forward and learn and become knowledgeable. And so definitely ask questions. Maintain your work ethic. I mean, as an athlete, whether you played college or professionally, unless you're someone like you, Megan, super talented, kind of lazy, and still made it to swimming. <laughs> uh, most athletes uh, definitely have a great work ethic. So once you enter the professional world, you have a lot more time on your hands uh, since you're not playing college sports. So just maintain that work ethic, apply it to your regular job, and you'll be doing just fine. Absolutely. And always, I love the, you know, asking questions coming from a place of curiosity is always going to end you in a better place. And maintaining work ethic, you know, that's, that's a given, I hope, you know, it's so tough sometimes for athletes to transition that work ethic. Because right, we know the work ethic towards something that we're passionate about, and something we love doing. And it's like, how do I put a lot of work ethic towards something that's not exciting for me. And at the end of the day, I think if you grind out something and you fully give it 100% and then you don't like it, that's okay. But at least you gave it 100% and, you know, you can move on to the next thing. But, you know, that work ethic is huge. What's the last uh, action item for them? I don't know, man. I'm stuck. What do you think helped you? Did you have any specific things you did, like preparing or? Yeah, I mean, whatever you dive into, just do it with a lot of passion. Um, just be passionate in whatever field you do, whether it's cleaning a car, cleaning, being a waitress, uh, doing real estate, doing sales. No matter what you do, just be passionate about it. And... uh that will help you be successful. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I definitely dove in into sales, bought a book, went on Amazon, got mm -hmm. a, how to get yourself from failure and success to success in selling. I love that book. I don't really read, but I knew I needed something because I had no experience. And mm -hmm. that definitely helped me bridge a bit of that inexperience gap. Yeah. And kind of like you were saying with the, being a, a club, it's you just carry the clubs, right? And I don't know exactly what goes into that job, but either way, you know, the owner of that company witnessed the fact that you were doing that with utmost success, right? To something like you said, it could be as low as cleaning a car to, you know, being a club guy to what, however it goes, but, you know, putting your all into something people will notice people can tell who has work ethic and who doesn't for sure so and do you feel like people now when you're doing sales do people notice that and people buy into it how do you create your relationships yeah absolutely uh covid testing brought a lot of competition to the lab world so there's a ton of labs out there that any clinic can use my job 50% of the time consists of going uh, clinic to clinic, cold calling, and just getting to know the front desk, the office manager, the providers in there. And just in the few minutes you have, you have to explain the product and 
try to br- show them how you can bring value to them. But a lot of it is just that connection. And, and once you get the sale, it's the servicing aspect, showing them that you're there to work, to help them, to serve them. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I know, are you on Instagram or anything people can find you? Yes, I am on Instagram. There we go. Later one. I'm on LinkedIn. I added the queen of LinkedIn, but uh, oh. she hasn't added me back. Oh, so no. I don't know Laura. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell Laura. Great. All right. Sounds good. That's and if anyone, you know, if anyone is interested in medical sales or sales, they can shoot me an email too. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Pablo. And I hope that, you know, if anybody does get value out of this, they would share it and subscribe and like and leave a review just so we can get some feedback. Again, thank you so much. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me.